welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 141. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. You are hearing this episode in October, and that excites me because that means it is fall. Yes, I know on the calendar it's already fall, but for me in the Midwest, Fall really kicks in in October. I've lived in the Midwest forever, and I don't like summer or winter particularly. Historically, summer is really hot and humid. Winter is really, really cold and snowy. Yes, the last few years have been weird in that regard. I had some strange weather patterns and whatnot. Thanks, global warming. But typically, those are the patterns. I am so happy when summer ends. I'm not particularly a summer guy. I don't go to the beach. I don't really engage in summer sports. I have been uh, intrigued with the idea of kayaking in the last couple years, but I think that would be fun. But I messed up my shoulder last year. I don't think I quite have the full range of motion you would need for kayaking, which disappoints me a little because I think I would enjoy that. But, you know, that aside, I am happy when summer goes. This weekend, as I'm recording, has been kind of wet, but it's been cool, and I'm happy with the cool. I've got no problem with putting on a sweatshirt to go outside and do stuff. I was at the farmer's market yesterday. There was a chill in the air. It was kind of cloudy. That's sort of a bummer, but it was cool. It wasn't raining, uh, and I was perfectly okay with that. So hopefully the weather is doing things that please you where you are. All right, let's see what's new this week. And when you think of new, when you think of cutting edge, When you think of being on the forefront of society, there's only one man that comes to mind. This guy. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship, or else he'll go splat. He's Mad Mike Hughes. Mad Mike Hughes. Mad Mike Hughes, the limo driver from California who is on a quest supposedly, to build a rocket that will blast him up into, first up into really high in the sky, and now, more lately, he's been claiming up into space to snap some photos of the Earth that, uh, at first he said, would definitively prove that the Earth is flat, but has of late been waffling on that to say, well, I think the Earth is flat, but, you know, we'll see what the photos show. Mostly what he's been doing lately is collecting money from people, on his uh, GoFundMe page, and he's working on a stuffed bunny Mad Mike toy, and he's got a movie out apparently and a book. I actually ponied up the four bucks for the book. Um, I read, I've told you a little bit about that in previous updates. It's a terrible book, so I can't seem to motivate myself to pick it up and read it, even though it's only like 80 pages long. So all of the farther I've gotten is him talking a little bit about how his dad was a race car driver, but. As I'm looking at Mad Mike's Facebook page this week, he has been a busy boy. He's got on his page a banner, Mad Mike Hughes, Mike Hughes, doesn't say Mad Mike, Mike Hughes, Governor 2018, with the slogan, Make a Difference, Waste the Vote. Uh, and it's a reference to the California caucuses. There is a, a link to his video, which I talked about last week. It's him in sunglasses and a sport coat, sort of boogaloo, and that's really the only way to describe it. And he's got uh, backup dancers in tank tops and short shorts doing their thing behind him. 
and our rockets blasting off into the sky and whatnot. He posted on September 27th a list of bullet points, public hangings, close the border, build the wall, deport all illegal immigrants, eliminate taxes, eliminate gun restrictions, ban all bar, all caps, B-A-R, attorneys, end the war on drugs, uh, stop all fires, end poverty forever, stop Monsanto, end H-O-A, eliminate minimum wage, eliminate traffic, wage war on all politics as usual, stop chemtrails, no fluoride in the water, expose the flat earth, getting women out of the workplace and bringing back traditional home values, single income household, two genders only, uh, hashtag all lives matter, hashtag California, hashtag 2018, hashtag governor, hashtag vote, hashtag waste it 2018, hashtag politics, hashtag capital. Among the comments, you had me at public hangings, but you might want to lead with something else. Hey Mike, while you're at it, demand restaurants to offer cilantro free dishes. When someone spells border as B-O-A-R-D-E-R, it immediately shuts me off the rest of the message. Did he do that? No, he didn't do that. There's someone who took him a bit more seriously. I love your passion and vibrancy, but honestly, dude, the world is so unbelievably not flat, and some of the other things you mentioned here will just get you locked up. Research flat earth if you must, but also know it's been researched many, many times. It's not flat. Make America 1950s again. So the comments are a mix of people who think he's serious and people who think he's making a joke. He posted on 28th, people united have the power to change this world. Hashtag be the change, hashtag waste it 2018, etc., etc. Same day he posted, you have many reasons to vote in this election. When you do, remember the state is becoming harder and harder to live in and feel proud. We waste our vote on another person who does nothing. If we are to waste another vote, let us waste it on someone who is ready to make a difference. On the 27th, he posted, Mad Mike Hughes announced his, announced, not announces, his run for governor of the great state of California. Politics, as usual, is dividing and destroying our state and homes. If no one will make a change, no comma, Mad Mike Hughes will be that change this great state needs. The month of October, my, uh, my Hughes will be available for interviews and debates. Traveling across the state to speak with the community and participate in events. So, evidently, it's a pseudo-real campaign. I'm not convinced. I have no idea if he's actually registered as a candidate, etc., etc. I suspect it's promotional for all this other stuff he's got going on. Maybe he's looking to be a write-in candidate. I doubt it. So, I don't know. If you live in California and you have been following more of this Mad Mike Hughes crap, I mean, campaign, let me know what people are saying about it. Is he a, a real, in quotes, candidate, or is this just BS that he's posting on his Facebook page? There is a, I think I mentioned this last week, there is a GoFundMe for his Mad Mike for Governor campaign, but I don't know if he set it up or someone else did. Huh. All right. So, you know, things are really going well for that whole prove the earth is flat thing. The dragons at the edge of the earth are laughing their butts off at this. Um, you just keep laughing, dragons. Mad Mike is coming for you. Maybe. Alright. Thus concludes this week's Mad Mike Hughes update. Gubernatorial edition. Gonna prove that the world is flat In his rocket ship Or else he'll go splat He's Mad Mike Hughes Mad Mike And hey, you know what? That concludes this week's news segment. So that means we can get right into this week's game. This week's game is... Hit me, Atari. 
Atari, Miss Chen. You're gonna slam dunk me, Atari? The Atari video computer system is 20 cartridges with 1,300 game variations you play on your own TV set. Don't watch television tonight. Play it. Okay, so that commercial doesn't really talk much about the game. There's a brief mention of it, but hey, it had Carol Channing and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in it. So how could I not play it on the podcast? If you missed it, there was a reference to Carol Channing asking the dealer to hit me. Not me, to hit her. Because she was playing this week's game. Actually, she wasn't. She was sitting in a national casino in front of a blackjack table. But that is this week's game, Blackjack from Atari 1977. Those of you in the know will know, you know, that this game, Blackjack, was one of the original nine launch titles when the Atari uh, VCS came out in 77. This was one of the first titles that they put out uh, for, the, uh, for the Atari. I don't know how many original nine I've done on the podcast. I know I've done some, but I have not been keeping track of which ones I've done and which ones I haven't. Um, but this is one of them. So I can check this one off the list that I haven't been making. We're using the paddle controllers for this one. We get in the manual a brief primer on the game of blackjack. Most of you probably know how to play blackjack, but I will quickly go through that. In the Atari game, you can play with one, two, or three players versus the computer dealer. The computer deals each player two cards face up. The computer also deals two cards to itself, one face up and the other face down. Then lady luck and your sharp skill determines the winner. Each card is worth points. The number cards, obviously 1 through 10, are face value, obviously. The 5 card is 5 points. You know that. The, well, the 10 card, as well as the jack, queen, and king, are all worth 10 points. The ace is either worth 1 or 11 points. That's all pretty simple stuff. A card hand is called soft, since the ace is used as 11 points. A card hand is hard when any combination of cards is used except an ace worth 11 points. For example, a soft 17 is an ace, 11 points, and a 6. A hard 17 could be a 10, 6, and an ace, when an ace is being used as 1 point. The object of the game is to get 21 points, or as close to 21 points without busting, which means going over 21. You automatically score a blackjack when your first two cards equal 21 points. Isn't there a Looney Tunes cartoon, I think with Bugs Bunny and maybe Yosemite Sam, where Bugs is screwing with Yosemite over how to play blackjack. He knows how to play, but he's messing with Yosemite Sam over the rules, but he keeps winning anyway, while Yosemite Sam's head continues to explode. Something like that. Yeah, here it is. I just asked Google. Bonanza Bunny, 1896, Dawson, Alaska. The setting for Bugs' first of two encounters with Black Jacques Shalock, a ruthless French-accented villain. Bugs walks into a saloon with a bag full of gold. Bugs and Jacques... Uh, gags include Bugs and Jacques blackjack game, with the rabbit standing on one card, a 21 card, and Bugs substituting the bag of gold nuggets with a one filled with gun with one filled with gunpowder. Powder leaves a trail behind Jacques, who gloats at his victory, but Bugs is lighting the trail aborts the villain's celebration. Alright, well, that was bugging me. Now I'm glad I, that I know. So, you win the game when your card hand is equal to more points than the dealer's hand without exceeding 21 points. The dealer busts and exceeds 21 points, or you score a blackjack, which can be an ace and a face card, or a ten. A tie game, or push, occurs when the dealer's card points equal your card points. Each player starts play with a total of 200 chips, bet from 1 to 25 chips on each game. Your bet is added or subtracted from your total score, depending on whether you win or lose. 
When you score a blackjack, you win one and a half times your bet. For example, you score blackjack on a bet of 10 chips and win 15 chips! Exclamation point. A player is automatically removed from the game when he has 1,000 chips or no chips remain in his score. And then I'm guessing that he, you know, digitally goes out and gets some um, Atari hookers or something with his 1,000 chips. I don't know. I didn't say that in the manual. I'm just speculating. Note, you may double your bet before the first hit. After you double the bet, you must take one hit. No other hits are allowed. The game select switch controls the number of players. A player can leave the game at any time to stop play action, push the game select switch until your setup disappears. You can then return to the game by stopping the game action, which means pressing the game select until your setup reappears on the screen, along with any other setup of the players who, have been, who had been playing. When you go broke, lose all your chips, you can still play by asking the bank for another setup. And then some uh, mob henchman comes out and breaks your kneecaps. Stop the play action and push the game select switch to cycle through all the setups. When your new setup appears along with the other player's previous setups, release the switch. Now place your bets and continue play. When you have a thousand chips, you break the bank. Now you must start play again with 200 chips. Um, because you're dead. Because that mob henchman uh, now came up and uh, killed you. To produce another setup, follow the directions for going broke. Your thousand chip score will remain on the screen until you press the game select switch. Game reset. Slide the switch back and forth to reset your score to 200. You also hear the computer shuffle the cards. Slide the left skill switch to B and the computer automatically shuffles the card cards after each hand. Slide the switch to A and the computer automatically shuffles the cards after dealing two-thirds or 34 cards of the deck. If you put the right difficulty switch in B, or rather in A, you play by casino blackjack rules. Computer dealer must have uh, must hit a soft 17 or less. The computer dealer must stay on a hard 17, where ace is equal one point. Your score is not affected by tie games between the dealer and you. If your hand equals 10 or 11, you may double your hit, double your bet, before the first hit. You must take one hit, and only one hit is allowed. A player is allowed four hits. If the right difficulty switch is in B, you're playing under private blackjack rules. Computer dealer must stay on 17 or more points. All tied games are won by the computer dealer. You may double your bet on any combination of cards before the first hit. You must take one hit, and only one hit is allowed. A player automatically wins the game when he hits four times without busting. I believe I played the field report with the left difficulty switch in A, and the right difficulty switch in B. Use the knob and red button on your handheld controller uh, to determine and make your bet. Determine and tell the dealer whether you want to stay, double, or hit your hand. A question mark appears below your total number of chips. This is the time to place your bet for the next game. Turn the controller knob and numbers from 1 to 25 appear under the total score. Stop turning the knob at the number of chips you want you wish to bet. Press the red controller button to make your bet with the dealer. If there's more than one player, the last player to make his bet and press the controller button erases the previous game's card hands on the screen. After the computer deals two cards, each player must decide to hit, stay, or double his bet. Turn the controller knob and the words hit or stay appear above your cards. Turn the knob to the action you want to take. If you turn the knob to hit, press the red controller button and another card will appear on the playfield. Continue to hit until you are satisfied with your hand. When you are satisfied with your hand, turn the knob to stay, then press the red controller button. If the game rules allow, double your bet before the first hit. After you double the bet, you must take one hit. Only one hit is allowed. Just turn the controller knob to double. 
then press the red controller button for the hit that could win the game for you! Exclamation point. And that's how you play Blackjack, one of the original nine from Atari. Blackjack was programmed by Bob Whitehead. It was reviewed favorably in Video Magazine as part of a general review of the Atari VCS, described as, quote, a good game for adults with several variations for single or double players, and it got 10 out of 10 points. GameFacts.GameSpot.com wrote a review in 2008 titled, How Did Atari Screw Up Blackjack? Pros, if you like Blackjack, you might like this game for a hand or two. Cons, no splitting, no insurance, crazy computer rules, a glitch in the controls. The bottom line is gambling at its most boring. The funny thing about home video games is that from the very beginning until now, people would pay good money to play a video game version of something they could do in the real world for free. Why get a pack of cards out of the junk drawer when you could plunk down 1995 instead? I'm not a huge fan of gambling, but I do like blackjack because there's definitely some element of skill to it. It's not completely random like roulette or slots. But the reviewer says I find this version a bit strange. Why can't I split? Why couldn't game designers have thrown in a simple addition feature to, the ga- to add the cards total for you? I know it's simple math, but it would have made the game much more enjoyable had this feature been present. Third, there are no suits on the cards. They're all either black or red. A skilled blackjack player advances by counting the cards that have been dealt, but that's not possible when you don't know what suit a card is from. Fourth, if the computer deals a face card, and unknown to you, an ace, you automatically lose because the computer's blackjack is revealed. What the hell kind of rule is this? No casino I know of plays by that rule. That if it has a blackjack to start out, the player doesn't even get to make a move at all. Fortunately, Atari corrected most of these problems when they merged blackjack with the two poker games on the casino cart. It's clear this blackjack cart was nothing more than a ploy by Atari to add another title to its library and maybe cash in on the gambling craze of the time. The video game critic refers to the game as an archaic cartridge, gives it a grade of C-. Blackjack wisely uses the paddle controllers and lets you choose between two sets of rules. The cards themselves look awfully plain and don't even have suits. Sound effects are sparse. Is Blackjack for the 2600 outdated? Definitely. Is it fun? Hell yeah! As she played this game for much longer than I intended. The game of Blackjack doesn't require fancy graphics, and this version is fast and easy to control. Sure, you could have sharper versions on your PC, but who wants to hunch over a keyboard and a mouse to enjoy a card game? There's something to be said for sitting back and relaxing with the paddle controller. Blackjack was discontinued after Atari released the four-player casino game, which also contains Blackjack. The card game Blackjack was preceded by 21, a game of unknown origin. The first written reference is found in a book by the Spanish author Miguel de Cervantes, most famous for writing Don Quixote. Cervantes was a gambler, and the main characters of his tale... Oh boy. Rintonate ye cortadio. Someone who actually speaks Spanish way better than me can correct my pronunciation. Uh, from Novelas Empalaras are a couple of cheats working in Seville. They are proficient at cheating at, at uh, a sp- the Spanish version of 21, and state the object of the game is to reach 21 points without going over and that the ace values 1 or 11. Uh, the game is played with a Spanish Banaya deck, and it was th- this was all in a short story written between 1601 and 1602, implying that uh, the game was played in Castile uh, since the beginning of the 17th century or, late, or earlier. When 21 was introduced in the United States, gambling houses offered bonus players 
payouts, bonus play, bonus payouts to stimulate players' interest. One such bonus was a 10 to 1 payout if the player's hand consisted of the ace of spades and a black jack, either the jack of clubs or the jack of spades. The hand was called a blackjack, and the name stuck to the game even though the 10 to 1 bonus was soon withdrawn. In the modern game, a blackjack refers to any hand of an ace plus a 10 or face card, regardless of suits or colors. The first scientific and mathematically sound attempt to devise an optimal blackjack playing strategy was revealed in September 1956. Roger Baldwin, Wilbert Canty, Herbert Maisel, and James McDermott published a paper titled The Optimum Strategy in Blackjack in the Journal of the American Statistical Association. The paper became the foundation of all future sound efforts to beat the game of blackjack. Ed Thorpe used Baldwin's hand calculations to verify the basic strategy and later published in 63 his famous book, Beat the Dealer. In 2002, professional gamblers around the world were invited to nominate great blackjack players for admission into the Blackjack Hall of Fame. Seven members were inducted in 2002, with new people inducted every year after. The Hall of Fame is located at the Barona Casino in San Diego. Members include Thorpe, author of that 1960s book, Beat the Dealer, Ken Alston, who popularized the concept of team play, Arnold Snyder, author and editor of the Blackjack Forum, Trade Journal, Stanford Wong, author and popularizer of the Wonging technique of only playing at a positive count, and several others. So there you go. There's like way more than you wanted to know about Blackjack. So, after the break, Blackjack Fever! Blackjack Fever! Wait, that doesn't sound right. But I make it cool as hell. Luck be a lady tonight. Never let me out of your sight. You know, like last time, when you went to the restroom, and you never came back, and I got stuck with a bill for two shrimp cocktails, and I don't even like shrimp, and I'm allergic, and I almost died. Call me. Alright, so we're playing Blackjack. 1977, one of the original nine launch titles for the Atari. I'm shocked they made it to number 10 after looking at this game. But, you know, they did. So let's see what we've got. Alright, so on the screen already, I have lost a dollar. And I wasn't really even playing. That's sort of indicative of my typical gambling success. Uh, Alright, so let's deal another hand. I have a jack. Dealer has a queen, uh, king. I have 13 showing. I don't know what's in uh, the dealer's second card. Should I hit or stay? Oh, what the hell? I'll hit. 20 for me. I will stay on 20. My paddle will cooperate. I don't have great paddles. That doesn't make me any less of a man. Alright, I'm staying on 20. I won! I won! I only won $5, though. Yeah, up that bet. I'm going to the max. 25. 5 for me, 4 for the dealer, 3 for me. I have 8. Well, I'm certainly going to hit on 8. Come on. There you go. I have an ace, so I could either call that 19 or 9. I'll call it 19. 
I will stay on 19. I lost. Uh, what? Anyway, alright. I have 14. Uh, gonna hit on 14. Yes! That's 21, baby. I win! I win! Out of my original 200 points, I now have 181 points. Betting 25. So anyway, uh, okay, so I have uh, 15 showing. I'll stay. I lost. Man, so the screen is a uh, a green table, I guess, supposed to uh, suggest the green felt on a typical gambling table. Uh, the cards are just white squares with big numbers and, and letters in them. Uh, in the middle, uh, there's the place for your bet. None of this is labeled. You just can kind of intuitively tell, okay, well, that's the amount that I'm betting. That's the amount of uh, points or chips that I still have. And then below that says win or lose. Um, the card, the, the sound of the cards being shuffled and dealt is not bad for 1977. Um, you see the cards flipping around as if being dealt. Um, really, I don't know that you need a whole lot else more in a game like this. I guess in a modern gambling game, you would probably see a, a character who's the dealer. Uh, the cards would probably be, probably be a, a bit more stylized. Maybe there'd be some uh, people in the background or you know, the table would be a bit more... Instead of just filling the screen with green, maybe it'd look more like a table. Uh, maybe there'd be some three-dimensional stuff happening. But really, you don't need all that. Um, this looks like a blackjack game. Uh, I have no complaints. So, you know, that stuff I said about how I don't know how you got to number 10, Atari, I was just kidding about that. I have no complaints in this field report. So, I, uh, I'm going to go beg for change out in the lobby. Uh, I'm going to dig some gar uh, some food out of the garbage and uh, and hitchhike home because I've lost all my money. And, uh, I'm just going to sign off by saying, back to you in the studio, please come get me. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's X-E-G-S, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. So here's the thing about blackjack. When I was a kid, I, I never had this uh, blackjack, the 77 blackjack cartridge for the Atari. But I did have the blackjack game for the Sears Telegames slash Intellivision. In fact, I'm looking, I was going to say I'm looking at it right now. But uh, in my stack of Intellivision games that sits here with my Atari stuff, I can't actually, oh, there it is. Now I see it. Poker and blackjack. And I played it quite a bit, actually. When we got the telegames, uh, my folks bought that one. They also bought Roulette, which I can also see sitting here. Uh, I think because they thought it would help them on their yearly trips to Las Vegas. 
Um, most of my childhood, the thing I remember about spring break is my parents would book themselves a trip to Las Vegas, and I would go stay with my brother. Um, I'm sure, maybe I've talked about this on the podcast before. Uh, I have three brothers. They're all quite a bit older than me. Um, from the time I was about seven years old, they were all out of the house with their own homes and uh, wives and kids and stuff eventually. Um, so, you know, growing up, if my parents needed to dump me off somewhere because they wanted to go have fun, I could go stay with a brother. And I did. So, uh, but that was okay. So in my break that way uh, because I could play Atari games. I could go to movies. I could hang out with my brother. We could stick Batman action figures in the microwave as a form of torture. Um, that's a story for another time. So the point is, we had blackjack and gambling uh, video games in the house. And I really liked playing the blackjack game for the Intellivision. So when I got this blackjack game out today for the Atari, that's what it made me think of. I don't know what year the the, uh, Intellivision blackjack game came out. Uh, I think I like that one better. But I have no complaints about this one. I think I said it in the field report. I, I like this game. Yes, it's plain. Yes, the cards don't have any suits. Yes... Uh, the graphics are minimal, but they are there. Uh, especially, you know, when you think about it being from 1977, Atari's just kind of figuring out what it's doing. Uh, and it's making stuff that probably blew people's minds. This thing probably, like, sent people, you know, collapsing to the floor weeping at what the gods had wrought in 77. I might be overstating that a little. Um, so I got no complaints about this game. Uh, go get it. I paid, the price tag is still on the back of the cartridge. I paid 99 cents for it. And I think it is definitely at least 99 cents worth of entertainment. Alright, so, it's time for this week's short story. Every week I present a short story. I've had an influx lately, uh, by the way, of new listeners. So, thank you new listeners. Welcome to this dumb little show that I do every week. Um, You may not have figured it out by now, but... This game is partly a review, a game review show, partly a show where I present an original short short story, and that's what I'm going to do right now. But I'm going to do it is an original short story, but I'm going to bring back an old character. I don't know if it's a favorite character of you guys, but it's a favorite of mine. Uh, we have another adventure featuring our friend Steve Stetson, early 1980s super spy. This week's story is titled "Hit Me Till It Hurts the Other Guy." A Steve Stetson 80s super spy adventure. Er, Early 80s super spy Steve Stetson parted the curtain and stepped cautiously through the doorway. The steam from the sauna enveloped him. Stetson dropped his towel and sat on the bench as his old friend Saul, porting character, poured a little more water on the coals to gin up more steam. Hot enough for you, Saul said. Should have brought a sweater, Stetson said. Well, you needed one in the Alps, that's for sure, Saul said. Stetson shook his head. All that running kept me warm. Director Grimm is still not happy about that dining dash, Saul said. Force of habit, Stetson said, then abruptly jabbed his elbow behind him, busting the nose of the naked assassin who suddenly sprang up from under the bench behind Saul and Stetson. The knife clenched in the assassin's teeth clattered to the floor. Holy crap, Saul said. How did you know he was there? Stetson glanced at the ample butt of his attacker rolling around on the floor. Plenty of light, Saul, he said. It's a full moon tonight.
Steve Stetson strolled through Monte Carlo's largest casino, his high-watered smile hiding his agony at the fact that the men's room was so far away. Once he found it, he knocked out two of his prey's henchmen, doubling his bathroom attendance, then took care of business. As he stepped over the unconscious men to leave, he said, Guess my wee-wee isn't the only thing that got flushed. Back out on the gaming floor, Stetson was finally able to settle into his mission with a martini in one hand and a cherry coke in the other. He couldn't stand martinis. It was just for the look. He looked good, rocking a tuxedo. The hell are you wearing? A voice behind him hissed. Stetson turned toward the voice. Oh, hi, boss. I see, he started to say, taking in spy director Matty Grimm's outfit. Well, I see more of you. She was wearing her trademark fur hat, but her fur coat was low-cut, down to her navel. As usual, I wish I could see less of you, Grimm said. Narrow, accusing eyes took in Stetson's lime-green lime green tux and ruffled shirt. What happened to the tux that was requisitioned for you? It's a funny story, Stetson said, laughing unconvincingly. Do you know how much honey Dijon mustard one of those fish tanks at the Natural History Museum can hold? Stetson! Stetson threw back his shoulders. Anyway, I make this look good. Grimm started to point out, again, how wrong Stetson was about literally everything, when a sultry voice purred forth from her furry hat. Okay, it was actually coming from behind Grimm's furry hat, but at any rate, a tall vision in sequence and five-inch heels moved around Grimm, eyes locking on Stetson. The heat was enough to take the ruffles out of Stetson's shirt. This was Ivana Worldconquer, owner of the casino, several corporations, and several dip-and-dots kiosks. Grimm was here to get inside World Conquer's inner circle. Stetson, on the other hand, would be happy to get inside whatever of hers he could. World Conquer stroked Stetson's lime green lapels. Your girlfriend doesn't understand style when she sees it, Mr... Um, Stetson? Stetson said is more of a question than intended. And she's not my girlfriend. We're playmates, you might say. World Conquer eyed Grimm skeptically. Grimm was so going to put this in the standard reprimand form she kept on hand for Stetson at all times. So, Mr. Stetson, World Conquer said, are dice games your forte? Well, I was Yahtzee champion three years running in college, Stetson said. Ivana World Conquer laughed that hollow laugh that still makes men happy. Perhaps cards are more to your liking, she said. Stetson was about to mention his recent Guinness World Record card house attempt when Grimm draped her arm around Stetson's neck, a bit forcefully judging by the reduced oxygen flow, flow, and said, Yes, darling, let's play some blackjack. All right, dear, Stetson managed to croak, though on the verge of blacking out. Splendid, Ivana World Conquer said. Then, to her waiting bodyguard, she said, Table, now. The guard spoke in French into a walkie-talkie. Moments later, two sweaty men in ill-fitting suits scurried up lugging a huge blackjack table and placed it in between World Conquer and Stetson. A moment after that, a statuesque blonde in a stiff white shirt and bow tie stepped businesslike up to the table with a fresh shoe of cards. She looked at World Conquer, Stetson, and Grimm in turn, then called for them to place their bets. Grimm, Stetson, World Conquer, and the large man in a ten-gallon hat and giant belt buckle, who appears in every movie with a casino, all placed their bets. Stetson was dealt a two and a four. Hit me, he said. He got another two. 
So close, he said. Walt Carker was intrigued that Stetson didn't just ask, ask for another card. Belt buckle guy won the hand with an 18. The next hand, Maddie Drim took with a perfect 21. She almost smiled. The dealer took the next hand. Stetson sat with a 3, a queen, and a 2. What to do? What to do? He locked eyes with Ivana World Contra and said, Hit me. He got a 7. Dealer wins again. You're blowing it. Grim hissed into Stetson's ear, though to World Conquer it appeared she was nibbling his ear. Stetson grinned. Just watch this, he whispered back. The next hand, Stetson stood firm with an ace and a two. The dealer went over 21, and Stetson took the pot. I wonder how you knew to stay on that, World Conquer said. It takes a real gambler to have such confidence. Just playing the game, Stetson said. 21, I mean. The game is 21, right? A two and an ace. Simple. Just get those and you're good. World Conquer laughed. Then she turned to conference with the flunky who had just walked up beside her. Maddie Grimm grabbed Stetson's lapel and pulled him in. She thought it looked seductive. It didn't. Do you seriously not know how to play blackjack? Stetson grinned and shrugged. Well, I do know how to do a lot of things, director. Then to World Conquer he said, are we going to have sex on a Baccarat table now? Of course, Will Conker said. The two walked away arm in arm. The flunky wandered away with the belt buckle guy. God, I hate him, Grimm said, and tossed to the blackjack dealer a $100 chip as a tip. The dealer put the chip in her pocket. Another hand, ma'am? The dealer asked. Grimm pushed her remaining chips toward the dealer. Actually, she said, one more hand might not be enough. Well, I have some time and no one else to play with the dealer said. Belt buckle's cards were still on the table. The dealer said, I could give you both hands. I bet you could, Grimm said. And she did. Grimm wasn't a Yahtzee champion like Stetson, but she had game where it counts. Well, uh, how do you play it? I've played Old Maid and... 
couple of times, just for matches. I deal the cards. The one that gets nearest, but not over 21, wins. Okay, deal them out. Hold it. Can I stand on one card? One card? Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> okay, I'll play this. <laughs> A ten for me, and another ten is twenty. Be that. <laughs> okay, I win. Twenty-one. Hi, hi, hardy. Hi, hi. Well, that's the way the ball bounces. Somebody's gotta lose. Somebody's gotta win. And that's our show. My thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons use of his songs, Reformat, Pinball Spring, and Take a Chance. Thanks to Mike Mann for his Mad Mike Hughes update. Show notes are available at ataribytes.lipson.com. You can email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at ataribytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. And although I realized I haven't so much... Uh, been doing so lately, I do occasionally post weirdness on Instagram. So go check uh, Atari Bytes out over there as well. You can listen to Atari Bytes uh, wherever fine podcasts are sold, distributed, or foisted upon you like so many flyers from politicians in an election year. Uh, like Mad Mike, running for governor, for example. But do remember to tip your dealer with your podcast audio winnings by leaving a review of this show on Apple Podcasts. Also, you can support the show financially. Um, I don't know if they take poker chips or not, but you can try uh, over there at Patreon. Uh, check out our Atari Bytes uh, page over there, and uh, if you can leave a, uh, a chip or two, that's appreciated. And if you have time, check out my other show. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown. Uh, no gambling-themed episodes that I'm aware of so far. Uh, you know, animated specials, but we do talk about what animated specials there are, as well as the uh, strip, of course, the newspaper strip, the merchandise, the movies, the mind of Charles Schultz himself. If it's in any way related to the Peanuts characters, Charlie Brown and Snoopy and the whole gang, uh, we will probably hit it at some point on that podcast. So if you yourself are a Snoopy fan, and you know you are, or if you know someone who is, turn them on to this podcast. Thanks. Next time on Atari Bytes, Star Master, which I assume is not to be confused with the Beast Master, but I really hope it is the Beast Master uh, among the stars. We'll find out next week. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.